Does the law really work the way TV and movies depict? Let's discuss with Christine and Christine. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Law and Pop Culture. And I am Christine Madison. I am joined with my co-host, Christine Karen Sahagurski. So happy to be here. Oh, how are you, Chris? I'm good. Huh? Happy Thursday, Chris. Always good. We're almost at the weekend. <laughs> we weekend. You're right. And I'm letting you know that I can't wait for warm weather. I just don't know what happened. The spring has not sprung yet. Yeah. You know, I can't even change out to my summer clothes yet. I'm not sure. It's just sitting on top of my dresser right now. And sometimes I pick at it. Sometimes I don't. So I'm not really sure what's going I'm on. ready for that. I'm uh, like, I know I look at it. I'm just like, mm, not ready yet. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. Soon, not soon, soon, soon. Oh. Like, you know what? I'm actually looking forward to that because maybe the summer is not going to be so hot because there's one thing okay. I don't like is super hot weather. So I don't know why I'm thinking of retiring in Florida like every other person in Jersey, but maybe that's not for me. (laughs) We'll see what happens. I I don't mind dry, hot. Like I'm okay with that humidity. Mm -hmm. Like my head. That is killer. Yeah, I become Monica from Friends. Remember when they went to Jamaica? That's me. (laughs) Photoshop my face on her. That's me. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) So no, but put me in Arizona, Nevada. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'll leave my my flat iron at home. <laughs> oh goodness. All right, my friend. So listen, I'm so excited. As everyone knows, this is our fun, fun podcast where we talk about law and pop culture. Anything that you see in the news, anything that you see in movies or plays or anything in the entertainment world. And if it has something to do with estate planning, probate, guardianships, we love to question, does that really happen in the real world? So yeah, Krista, today we're going to be talking about the Adams Family Values 1993 film. Oh my gosh, I feel like that was two lifetimes ago. It actually was, right? Can I tell you, we must love the Adams family. Isn't this our second topic? We like them. How long was this series? (laughs) (laughs) Like, how many episodes? I'm like Adam's family again. Oh, yeah, here we go. There's always a lot of like good, interesting, like estate planning things for that, for that show, apparently. Oh my goodness. And in this one, it, we're, we're talking about, my gosh, you know, something that kind of ties in with family law, right, Chris? Yeah. So it really talks about, you know, what happens when you, you know, remarry and kind of updating your documents for us but in this particular case case oh my gosh what we should try to be careful about possibly doing a prenup (laughs) but that's another story so here in the adams family values you want to get want me to get started chris yeah might as well okay sounds good and you know this we're talking about here the tricky situation of protecting your assets from spouses when you have a big net worth and and here interestingly enough (laughs) big net worth (laughs) and even if you don't have a big net worth I like to say that it's really important to consider you know before you get remarried before you have family that you you know before you get involved again with somebody else think about the people that you 
would have passed on your asses to beforehand. And you really have to think about where you are in your life right now. Although it's so easy to forget that because, you know, you think about it, we're so in love. In Don't love. worry about that kind of stuff. That's of not important. Everything's fine and yours, right? And we all love each other at the end. Exactly. Well, in this movie, so funny. So Gomez and Morticia hire a nanny named Debbie, um, who's Can I just talk you? because you, know, you have these exotic names and <laughs> Debbie. I'm sorry, I love Debbie. Yeah. I like, love Debbie. The, I love the framework, and, and I don't know. Just, I know out that name Debbie who's put her I know, in I know. Debbie Rowe I'm the, the nanny well actually she was the nurse but that's another story that was our Michael Jackson story anyhow um so Debbie here is taking care of Gomez's and Morticia's newborn son Pubert and um after Wednesday and Pugsley uh failed to attempt to kill the little guy oh gosh that was so funny yeah that was cute so un- unknown to them right Debbie is actually a serial killer who marries rich bachelors and murders them after, you know, after they got married so that they, she can collect an inheritance. Um, so after, after this, so she gets hired to the family, uh, Debbie seduces Uncle Fester. <laughs> and of course, of course, Wednesday, my favorite character, becomes suspicious of her intentions. But to, co- to keep her cover, um, Debbie tricks Gomez and, and Morticia into sending Wednesday and um, Pugsley to go to summer camp. But when while they're at summer camp, you know, uh, Debbie and Fester become engaged. And on their honeymoon, on Debbie and um, Fester's honeymoon, she tries to kill Fester by throwing a boombox into the bathtub. But of course, she fails. <laughs> She's frustrated. Um, so Debbie forces him to cut ties with his family. Um, so when they try to visit Fester and Debbie at the home, they were just removed from the premises. Gomez and, um, you know, Gomez and uh, Morticia were. Um, so this really alarms the Adams family, right? Um, because, you know, they see that you know, this, there's something happening, obviously, that, you know, that's nothing that they intended. This is their family member. They're, they're concerned. Um, and so let's see what happens next. I'm trying to remember what happens next. At the camp. Um, and the counselors they cast when they right 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 yeah i mean there was there was a whole thing that was going on in the camp that was that was really funny but for the most part what happens here and with regard to this particular issue is that debbie really tries to kill up best kill fester by blowing up their mansion he, but he survives she tries to pull a gun on him telling tell him she never really loved him that she was only after his money and then after a whole bunch of like crazy things that happened toward the end she's the one who ends up dying which is fan- yeah. fascinating um but she it's like, hello, this is the Adams family. Did you not know that you were going to die anyway? Um, I know. So, yeah, I know. So, I mean, what? So, really, when it comes to this, right, Chris, talking about estate planning, when you get re- when you get married, I don't even know if Uncle Fester was ever married. I know. You get into a relationship with somebody. I mean, tip right now, we don't have children for Uncle Fester. So one of the biggest concerns I like to talk about is if you already have kids from a previous marriage and then you're getting remarried, well, that's a good time to pause. That's time to think, oh, do we need a prenup so I can protect my children and still provide for you? But here, that's one thing that he could have done. I mean, certainly. Um, oh. You know, let's talk about a prenup. What's yours is yours, what's mine is mine. What we have together that, you know, we can split up. God forbid we break up or we, we you know, get married. But 
I acquired all these assets. Uncle Fester did. You know, maybe he didn't, <laughs> but Uncle Fester had all his assets before, you know, before Debbie came into the picture. Why would she be entitled to anything? And God knows here in New Jersey, we have that, you know, uh, elective share. So one thing to consider is, you know, if no matter what, no matter whether, if there is no prenup here in New Jersey, folks getting married to somebody gives them some rights in your estate, no matter what. So you've really got to talk about how to divvy up assets before you engage into this new relationship. Um, but anyhow, that's yeah. that's our tidbit for today from the yeah, Adams. I mean, there family. are other tools too, to make mm-hmm. sure that if you want your assets to go to family and not be commingled by any other in-laws or other relationships, there's tools and the usually you're looking to a trust and yes. different kinds of trust. Mm-hmm. So, but it's a great tool that could probably carry out that wish. So if I say I want to just keep it in my bloodline, there's a <laughs> absolutely bloodline trust. If I want to make sure that, you know, if I have children, I die, I want to make sure my kids, I want to earmark something mm-hmm. for my kids. There's a trust that we can create so that if your spouse remarries, um, those assets can't be touched. They're right. definitely kids you know so mm-hmm. it's a lot of planning i think the word to the wise is just sitting down with an experienced you know estate planner and explaining this is what i'm worried about and mm-hmm. what can we do about it that's really the basic good question to ask mm-hmm. because then they should be experienced enough to say oh i've got here are some solutions what mm-hmm. fits your scenario what what feels good you know mm-hmm. and what makes sense um mm-hmm. because there are tools but if you don't plan you know say you had a will and you die, your spouse, your new spouse inherits, um, or your spouse inherits, and then they get remarried, your spouse has a right to change their will. They can Mm -hmm. say, you know what, and be influenced and say, let's cut out everybody, and I'm giving everything to the newbie. And Uh nothing you can do to say, I mean, there's things, but it's messy. Exactly. And and the trust, you know, know, everyone, you know, the trust doesn't necessarily have to leave the new spouse out. It could still be for, you know, uh, for their support during their yeah. lifetime, but you can put stipulations like if she remarries, she's not entitled to any of the money in the trust. Yeah. It could be for her support or his support. It doesn't necessarily have to be all outright to that person because, yeah. you know, hey, if you're, you know, 60 and you all of a sudden come into a new relationship and that person's coming in with nothing and you've got $5 million and you like you really have to sit down and really plan properly. And oh, yeah. you know what? It's not about being not sharing. You are sharing. You're living together, you know? So it's not it's not like you're cutting them out, but you just want to be fair. And, yeah, you know. Being fair, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, helping everybody's expectations. That's mm-hmm. sometimes an issue that you have to deal with, you know, mm-hmm. what you're um, trying to plan for the future. So, yeah, but there are great tools. There's a prenup. Yep. There's types of trusts that you can also create. So it's really worth exploring, you know, and some people just don't even know that's available, but oh yeah, sure. Uh-huh. That's really, I find it very important, especially blended families yes. really have to sit and think what's the plan, you know, and it could be simple, but you, you just have to explore it because you don't know. Yes. Everybody's yes. different. It's better but, to have that conversation than not, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just to know what your options are. Yeah, because the worst is when no one talks about it and now we're faced with a mess, you know, yes. so you really want to make sure everybody and here's another thing too, Chris, it is also a common scenario where we'll have people who are married, 
one dies, the other person remarries, and now nobody gets along with, say, kids of the first relationship, there's a war, there's everyone. So say you wanted to disinherit them for whatever reason, you have to have that in writing, because if you mm-hmm. don't, they participate, they will receive a portion of your assets as well as new spouse. So mm-hmm. you know, if that's not your plan. You got to get that in writing. So Yes, absolutely. That's it. Yeah. So that actually brings us to our real life cases that I we always love to see. And we're going to be talking about the very famous case back in the late 90s. It's true in the early um, 2000s. And it was about the model Anna Nicole Smith and her 90 year old husband, <laughs> Howard Marshall, who passed before he could include Anna in his estate plan. And of course, that led to numerous battles, lots of celebrity gossip. It was in the headlines for a long time and very, very interesting case. So Anna Nicole Smith, I I did a little research, you know, and she came from humble means, you know, and she made her way into the adult world, let's say uh, adult entertainment world. She was a stripper, (laughs) you know. And that's where she met her husband, soon to be J. Howard Marshall. Very interesting. Um, So Anna Nicole Smith. And she married when she was 26 years old and he was nine. 14 months later, Marshall died at the age of 90 in 1995. And upon his death, Marshall's will poured his probate estate into a Louisiana revocable trust. I have Mm -hmm. to tell you. Mm -hmm. Love it. (laughs) Named <laughs> his son Pierce as the sole beneficiary. Anna Nicole received nothing, and Marshall's other son, Marshall III, also received nothing. That he was disinherited. Mm-hmm. Subsequently, Anna Nicole, Marshall III, and Pierce they all fought for that um, one point six billion dollar estate. So that I would too. <laughs> that, yeah, that laid the groundwork. So Anna Nicole claimed that Marshall promised to give her one half of his income earned during that marriage and instructed his attorneys to prepare documents to carry out that. Marshall III claimed that his father had contracted to leave him an amount equal to Pierce's inheritance. So a lot of verbal thoughts, a lot of things that we were expecting, a lot of assumptions. Mm -hmm. Before Marshall died, though, all of his assets were transferred to the revocable trust. Mm -hmm. So again, everybody, revocable trust, it's a tool It's an estate planning tool and you can put things in. It's like a box. So here they're designating things to go into this box. So in August of 1995, Marshall's will and codicil, a codicil is like a rider, an addendum. They were probated in Louisiana and an application to the Texas probate court to settle the claims of the Marshall estate. So both Anna Nicole and Marshall then that's where they filed their objections to the probate, challenging the validity um, of the will. And again, this is a very popular issue, right, Chris? Uh-huh. Power of attorney that he had that he have right to do certain things. All of you who are agents and you are power of attorney. If you're acting on behalf of someone, you need to keep careful records, especially if you know there's going to be jealousy and issues in families. People are going to question your decisions. So be very careful and mindful of that. So in 1996, Anna Nicole, she filed for bankruptcy in California. Pierce filed a claim of defamation against Anna Nicole in the California Bankruptcy Court. And then Anna Nicole counterclaimed, alleging that Pierce had interfered with Marshall's promised gift. So here's where it starts to get weird. The California court awarded Anna Nicole approximately $450 million in damages against Pierce, and the award was reduced to $88 million by the California District Court. 
Well, the probate court ruled in favor of Pierce saying that there was no agreement for Pierce to give one half, I'm sorry, for Marshall to give one half of his state to Anna Nicole. So that conflict of rulings in California and Texas, it just had on and on appeals, court rulings, um, including two appeals to the Supreme Court. And it was, I just remember this in the news so often, I, you know, and growing up and reading it, you just lost in the shuffle this filing, that filing. So the Supreme Court agreed to hear the matter on a specific point of law, whether federal court in California had jurisdiction over the Texas probate court. And that's where I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. So in 2006, the Supreme Court unanimously ruled that Anna Nicole, um, ruled for Anna Nicole. While the justices didn't hand her a piece of the estate, they did allow her to continue to argue in court that she was entitled to the money. Well, after a month after Supreme Court decision, Pierce dies, which adds another layer of complication. Six months later, Anna Nicole also died. Now, is that, I know this is all true, but it's so interesting. I mean, if this was a movie, it's just like the players exhausted themselves. You know, it's just like, that was it. I don't know. We couldn't renew the contract. So everybody's just, you know, the season at the end. So, and, and so, but the court cases didn't stop there. Pierce's widow, Elaine Marshall, continued the legal fight for the Marshall fortune on his behalf, while Howard Stern, not the desk jockey, but it was Anna Nicole's executive. I wasn't sure. <laughs> I was like, wow, how I run. Oh gosh, that would have been funny. <laughs> continued the fight on behalf of Anna Nicole's estate and was going back to the Supreme Court. No, you know, this history is, I think is very important because this is just showing you how, you know, even if you did have experience as state planners, even if you had, things can happen and mm-hmm. we have to always see what can we do to head it off the past? What are the potential problems? And maybe there were other things that could have been done. But anyway, so now in 2011, the Supreme Court ruled against the estate and affirmed the ruling of the U.S. Court of Appeals of the Ninth Court and they throw Anna Nicole's original win. Later in 2011, Anna Nicole's estate filed a motion in U.S. District Court to bring sanctions against Pierce's estate. The District Court Judge David O'Connor ultimately sided with Pierce's estate, denying Nicole Anna Nicole's claim for more than $44 million in compensatory damages and an alternate $25 million for discovery abuses plus fees. I mean, you're just thinking, uh, this is just just thinking about how much funds and how much money is being spent to do this. So more than two decades after the elder Marshall passed away, his heirs were still fighting over the billions. Um, The matter has remained on on Judge Mike Wood's docket. Judge Wood is the probate judge in Harris County of Texas. In 2017, Judge Wood said, I am going off the handle officially. I am tired of the case. I've told you that from the beginning. I be, I beg you to recuse me. I beg you to. <laughs> Who wants to be involved with this going back and forth? I mean, it's just a shame. A week later, January 18, 2017, Judge would officially recuse himself. Judge Christine Butts was appointed to the case. So as I see here, it's still going on. I mean, unfortunate. But you know, I think the, I mean, they did the right thing. They had a plan involved, they even had a trust. And that's also, but I, I find it interesting that it was a revocable um, living trust just because of all, because what could they have done? They could have, there's other. Facilitated it. 
Yeah. <laughs> and that's the whole thing. It's a revocable living trust. Yeah. What could they have done? Yeah. If that was really true, if there were really oral promises, revocable living trust could always be updated. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure what's going on. Yeah, I don't even know. I mean, if it was an irrevocable trust, that's story. that would have been tougher. And I just I'm just interested of why that wasn't put in place. But I, you know, it's just very interesting. This whole thing just went way off the charts, way off the rails. Um, yes. But again, you know, you have components in here that says, you know, this is going to be a problem because obviously as they were together, as they were I guess you could say they were dating. I'm so sorry. I don't know. <laughs> they dating? I'm sure the kids were probably just like, this is going to go wrong, you know, and, but unfortunately he probably wasn't an age. Uh, Marshall was, elder Marshall was an age that he couldn't probably even anticipate or wanted to listen to other people's counsel to say, mm-hmm. but, you know, I think sometimes that's maybe where the estate planner has to step in and really say, listen, this is just appearance wise. There's going to be a problem. Just, mm-hmm. Uh, but again, you know, then you think about it, Chris, how many times are we really involved in our clients' personal, personal lives? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, this is a billionaire. I would think Absolutely. he has people at his uh, lawyers at his back. Yeah. At at, exactly. And I mean, even with the right planning, you can see things still go wrong. And I want to make it clear to everybody. There was there, even though this was a revocable living trust, once the owner of the trust, once the grantor, which is J. Howard Marshall, passes away, it becomes irrevocable. So it's not like they had any opportunity to change anything. So even if, even if, for example, you know, the parties later agree to settle, that's a different story. Even though the, the, you, they can't really change that trust unless they later settle and agree that, okay, this person gets that, that person gets that. I'll honor your promises, even though I don't believe them, just so we can get out of court. But it seems like they have really deep pockets in this case because they just went on for 30 years. Yeah. 30. Believe that. Oh, no, 20 years. Oh. <laughs> it would be 30. Well, it's still on right now. So, yes, it's 30 years. I love how the judge was begging. Begging to be taken oh, off. Oh, my bless. Please Poor get me out. I know, please. About, Ricky, how about the next Jessica got it? She's probably just like, thanks. You owe me more than a drink, really. Thank yes. you so much. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think trusts have a they're a great tool. They really are. But if we're in a situation where people are saying they're oral promises and blah, 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 you really got to get that in writing, you know. But uh I think in the end, you know, it really was exhausting for all the parties, all the money involved. Um, you know. It's interesting when we do estate litigation, um, you'll, you'll all notice there's not much case law. And mm-hmm. the reason is because it's so expensive to keep going. Most mm-hmm. of the time we settle yep. because we really just can't afford to keep going. I guess this is the case where they could have afforded to keep going. And they are, they're just Absolutely. ongoing, you know, and it's not done yet. <laughs> and it's all tied up. And I think Anna in the coast, she had a child, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you would hope that, you know, the child's going to be taken care of one way or the other, or at least some settlement was being real. But I, that's the part we don't know, you know, what has been done to try to bridge the gaps, how to settle this, because for it to keep on going, you're just spending money, spinning your wheels. And now we have all the main parties of deceased. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I hate to say this, the only people who really came out, you know, well, in the end are the lawyers. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Is this what we really really want, people? No. 
<laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. But I have also been the type you and I, we like to sleep at night. This is not, yes. you know, and it's, it's agonizing, you know, when we're trying to help clients in the, the you know, and the, and we may not have cooperation on the other side, or we just know there's, there are other options, avenues, but goodness, just the way everything is set up, it's, it is expensive to pursue. And we have to weigh that. I've always said, right, in every case, um, are you right? Can you prove you're right? But number mm -hmm. three, can I afford to prove I'm right? And that mm -hmm. is something we're dealing with now. Yes. And if you have all three, keep going. But two out of three is not going to work. It just it just doesn't work that way. All right. Exactly. Well, anyway, that was <laughs> Okay, everybody. Well, thank Always. you so much, everyone, for listening to this episode. We really hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned. We have more episodes coming and hope you learned something. So thank you so much. I'm Christine Mattis. Um, and Christine Karasaha-Gurski. Have a great week, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. For more, go to MattisLaw.com.